and then we can put that look gotta silence my phone boop, 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 boop. don't worry it's just charlie castle posting a new tiktok oh wait i have to go watch it no. <laughs> balls a supernatural podcast with lizzie and missy liz what up miss hi hi I figured I would do Hi. it different this time because every time I'm like, hey, Liz. And I'm like, hey, miss. And then people just hear it that way. Ow. I can't move my shoulder. <laughs> Ouch. What the hell just happened? What I moved, is going on? I moved my shoulder. I got my first dose of vaccinations and my uh, shoulder is very sore. Oh, I'm glad you have your first dose in yeah. Yeah. Every time I move it, though, every time I move my shoulder, my first thought is like, I'll be like, ow, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Does Dean just play in your head all day Dean now? just plays in my head. And there's also a pie just chilling in my fridge. So every time I open the fridge, I'm just like, ooh, pie. No one and I also pie. have two containers of pudding in my cabinet. Oh so every time I see it, I'm like, pudding. Like, I just go through my kitchen and I just Dean it out while You're I'm at it. A, a Dean day right now. Run outside, blow my little gym teacher whistle to get the dogs inside. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Oh, my goodness. Hey, miss, you like mythology and lore, right? As a matter of fact, I do, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And you won't believe what I just found. You tell, a, you tell. There's a Twitter and a YouTube channel called Disturbed Lore. You can find them at YouTube Disturbed Lore or Twitter at Disturbed Lore. And it's about creepy, short, disturbed lore stories. That's interesting because I actually stumbled upon that. Did you really? I did. Oh, my goodness. We're but like I two like two peas in a pod. Look at us finding the same thing. I like the description of disturbed lore because on their Twitter they call it creepy short lore, lasting disturbance. Oh, that that is accurate. It is highly accurate. It's like when you watch Supernatural and you find that one mythology that kind of sticks with you, and you're like, ah, uh, like the episode bugs. Oh, but Mm-mm, don't nope. want any of that. Nope. But what I like about it is that the opening sequence of art is completely reminiscent of Marvel to me. Yeah kind of like circled around the green eyes Mm -hmm. which are both beautiful and terrifying isn't that weird how that works (laughs) yeah i'm just like and then it stares at you and it's right in the middle of their logo and you're mesmerized have you watched any of the episodes i did i watched the one called boogie boy boogie boy i didn't watch that one what's that one like oh it was so it's it's creepy in a good way Okay. You know, you know how that is? Like you get like so into the story and you're uh, I like watching the slides cuz that's what you, this is. And it it's has, animated like shorts, like horror shorts. Right. But it's not like a not like a full-on animated. It's like art. Yes. But it's a good story. It stuck with me. It's it's creepy. I don't want to tell you the whole thing. I want you to go watch it, but it was give me that whoo factor, you know that whoo makes you shiver. The Boogie Boy. Boogie Boy. I watched the season one, episode five, It Wakes Up. Just that title just gave me a shiver. I know. I saw it and I immediately had to watch it. And it's so creepy, but it reminded me so much of like the invasion of the body snatchers meets like the faculty. (gasps) Ooh. And that whole idea of something inside you just controlling you and taking over. Ooh. Ooh. And then the way that it refers to the body and the host. Mm, mm, mm. I, I couldn't stop watching it, but I wanted to stop watching it, but I couldn't. It's that good. And I like the fact that there's a story you can follow if you want to. Oh, is there really? Of the green-eyed woman. Oh, okay. They have that playlist. I didn't notice that, but that to. sounds that I want to. And then they also have the Meet the Monsters, 
where it goes through all of the the Sir Teddy talks a lot and the night guard. Sir Teddy talks a lot is the next one on my list. And bad choices, bad choices. I'm like, that sounds like me, but I also don't know if I want to compare myself, but it opens with a graveyard. So, but what I love the most besides all of the artwork in this is all of the different narrators. Oh, they're all different. They might use some of the same ones, but it's mostly just like different ones. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that because Boogie Boy kind of hooed me out for a little bit there. (laughs) Had to take a break. I did. (laughs) Had to take a break to come on back, refresh yourself. I did. I had to go, go to the light somewhere. Oh man. But I love, I love the fact that it's like very ring-like in the opening with don't watch this video. If you watch the trailer and want to feel for what you're getting into. That trailer is, it's really spooky. It's creepy, but it intrigues you. Like it makes you want to watch it. It's like the don't push the red button. Don't exactly. watch this video. Exactly. Well, now I want to watch this video and all of the other videos. Right. Cause you're telling me not to, I'm definitely going to do it now. Going to watch all the videos. <laughs> and to our listeners, you guys should too go check out disturbed lore on their Twitter at Disturbed Lore, D-I-S-T-U-R-B-E-D-L-O-R-E, or YouTube Disturbed Lore. But yeah, how are you? I'm doing good. You know, I think same, I asked that. Same I shit. should be different day. Pretty much. I go get my hair did today. <gasps> Ooh. Not I that you don't look beautiful, but you're going to be beautiful. That's because you can't see my gray patch. Actually, <laughs> see that right there? It's called the power patch. Oh, I like it. Most superheroes have that one... The streak. Yeah. I'm like Anna. Um, yes. Not that she's not a superhero, but. I mean, she kind of is. You know what I mean. She a tough bitch. She is. She punches Hans. Get it, Anna. I don't know what that was. Was that the sound of Anna hitting Hans? I guess. <laughs> okay. I thought about um, letting it grow out, mm-hmm. but then I realized it's just right here. Mm. So, I mean, it could look cool, but I think if I was going to do the gray thing, it would have to be like everywhere. Oh man, yeah. I just I got my hair done too. So we've been like knocking it. out we've been knocking out some cosplays with it. And Missy, uh, not your Missy. Uh, I am. Nicole <laughs> surprised me with a leather jacket, and because I have you on video, I can show you what she showed me. <gasps> oh my god! So she's making the Southside Serpent jacket, so we can do Betty. That is so cool. You're going to be the Serpent Queen. Yeah. She decided that you should probably be Veronica and that we should do Betty and Veronica. And then we should also do Sam and Dean shoots. Uh, I agree with these things. (laughs) I'm not saying no. (laughs) And her friend is actually 3D printing me the WandaVision. Yes. From the final episode. That's awesome. Hey, we're we're trying to record. Trying to record. Okay, please. please My favorite episode is just... I mean, it was supernatural. (laughs) my ringtone is the sitcom theme from changing channels very fitting do we have any announcements any um a quick announcement if you weren't with us on the hunter happy hour is that instead of doing it monthly we thought it'd be more fun and interactive for you guys to plan it out better too if we did it quarter year quarterly in the year so like seasonally seasonally a sun a summer hunter happy hour maybe we'll go outside and Maybe. I'm definitely going to be outside. Autumn, I'll do it from a pumpkin patch. (gasps) Oh my god! (laughs) And maybe by then we'd be able to do it together in the same place. Yes! I I like the way you think Uh, this. So pay attention to that. We'll be able to announce the dates further out to give you guys chances to pay, like, plan if you want to be there. If you don't, it's cool. We get it too. We'd like you to be there, but you don't always have to be. It's a lot of fun. 
It is. We talk literally about anything. Last uh, Hunter Happy Hour, I showed up in cosplay. Oh, that re- you did. <laughs> because of the Falcon Winter Soldier release. That reminds me. When we were chit-chatting on Hunter Happy Hour, and Mandy had mentioned that she did not like this episode that we're talking about today. Oh my gosh, yes. So we're talking about uh, Season 3, Episode 15, Time is on... Time, I wrote time is in my side. Oh, uh, well, I mean, if you're like a, an organ. I was on my side. Uh, Mandy mentioned that she did not like this episode at all. This is her least favorite of all the Supernatural episodes. So then Liz, you suggested, since I haven't done the rankings in a while, to see where this ranked uh, overall. Yes, it's back. I'm excited. So uh, Decider.com is our friend Jessica. She had a ranking out of 300 episodes. So she ranked this episode 273 out of 300. Okay, so this is pretty at the bottom of the barrel for her, too. Pretty at the bottom, yeah. Uh, She said the best part of this episode is Billy Drago, who is a very creepy monster that survives replacing his own body parts with other people's, but that's uh, that's not the way Dean wants to stay alive and out of hell. So then, so to give you just a perspective... On where she ranks it out of the whole season, she ranks this uh, 13th out of 16. Wow. So that's Not only is it on the bottom of her list overall, it's the bottom of the list for the entire season. I'm also now curious what beat it out as like, her least favorite for this season because... Uh, her, least, her least favorite was episode 6, which was Red Sky at Morning. Oh, with Bella. Yeah, that was her bottom bottom of the barrel and i liked i liked that one more than i liked this one yeah she said uh red sky at morning then long distance call mm. and then the first episode of the season the magnificent seven ah. those were her bottom so then uncle joey over at thrillist.com was out of 238 episodes that was his total he ranked at 131 wow so this is like halfway for him he didn't yeah. hate it but he didn't love it Right. He said uh, it was scary and creepy. A sadistic surgeon has learned the secret of immortality and scares the crap out of viewers who get squeamish watching people get their eyeballs scooped out. I mean, it didn't actually happen. Yeah. There was a melon ball or two in eye, though. It was close. It was very close. So he ranks this seven out of the 16 episodes. Again, right in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Okay. So, so he it, didn't hate it, but she maybe that's a maybe that's a, a gender thing, you think? Maybe. Because I like, didn't particularly care for it. And neither did I. I don't know. Is it yeah, is it a gender? Hmm. It's interesting. Either way. Curiouser and curiouser. But I wanted to do that for Mandy since we talked about that um during our Hunter Happy Hour. Yes. I'm ex- that was fun. I like finding out where other people fit in this. Me too. All right. So should we jump into the episode now? Let's jump. Diving on in. We're, as you had so very nicely put it, doing season three, episode 15, Time is on My Side. This episode came out May 8th, 2008. Takes place in Erie, PA. Hey. Shout out to Erie. Whoop, whoop. And also, and I'm going to double check this before I say it, Canaan, Vermont. Canaan. Canaan, Vermont. Oh, is that the end? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, I didn't realize that they left Erie. But now I know. The more you know. With like Liz I, and Miss. Like I didn't watch it or anything. Okay, are you ready for the plot? I am ready for a good plot. I didn't say it was going to be a good plot. I just said it was a plot. Okay. I mean, don't, I get where it was going. Don't put these high standards on me, Liz. Holding the bar up there. 
Man, I could just walk right under this limbo. (laughs) (laughs) Sam convinces Dean to go to Erie, Pennsylvania to investigate a possible zombie. They learn that the culprit behind recent organ thefts is Doc Benton, having abandoned his work in 1816 to follow his obsession of finding the key to eternal life, he drugs people and harvests their internal organs to replace his. Sam wants to use Doc Benton's research to find a way to extend Dean's life. Dean instead leaves for, oh, right there, Canaan, Vermont, to speak with retired hunter Rufus Turner, whom Bobby claims knows that both knows of both Bella's location and background. When he confronts her, she claims that the colt has already been sold. He angrily reveals his knowledge of her parents. She had their car brakes cut due to abuse from her father, but then he realizes she made a demonic pact. Like himself, her time is running out. He peacefully departs. Meanwhile, Sam rescues a woman from Doc Benton in an isolated cabin, stealing his research journal in the process. His survival methods are purely scientific and thus no use for saving Dean. Doc Benton later kidnaps Sam and tries to harvest his eyes, but is stopped by Dean. With the doctor apparently immortal, the brothers bury him alive. Running out of time, Bella breaks into the motel room and shoots at the beds, which are revealed to be empty. Uh, They had expected her betrayal again and left town already. Dean calls Bella, and she explains that the Colt and Sam's death were the only way out of her deal. She also reveals that Lilith holds all of the deals. If Dean kills her, he may be able to break his. Dean hangs up, and Bella is left staring off into the distance as she hears the growls of a hellhound, a vicious dog-like monster who hunts down those whose contracts have expired. Were the beds really empty, though? No, there were blow-up dolls in them. They had blow-up dolls in them. (laughs) And also, it was one of those, like, I want to know, was this because it was kind of on the cusp, on the fly. Were they already in the Impala? Were they in the, like, do they just carry around these two blow-up dolls? Or was this, like, a purchase that they had to make before this whole plan went down? Maybe that's what's in Dean's duffel bag all the time. Just carries around a blow-up doll because you never know? You never know. It could come in handy either way. I mean, it One did, way or obviously. Another. <laughs> it did come in handy. <laughs> One way or another, you're going to use that. Can you imagine, though, if they got pulled over and, like, an officer's just going through their duffel bag? <laughs> Sir. I mean, I guess that's better than finding a sawed-off shotgun. He, that's in Dad's lockup. It's not in Dean's bag. <laughs> what if he didn't put it away? He always throws it in there, and then... The worst part is thinking about that just made me... I made it lately. It used to be going to straight to Dean with a sawed-off shotgun, but now it just makes me go to the Glorious Sons, and now I'm just singing sawed-off shotgun in my head. <laughs> well, you said you didn't like this episode very much. Was there anything of anything in this episode that you did like? Uh... I don't remember this, but I wrote down stripper suffocates guy with thighs. For this episode? Yeah. Did that happen? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> recall that. What? Why did that why did I write that down? I mean, and there's an episode in season four, episode fourteen called Sex and Violence. <laughs> um, oh hey. Nope, 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 nope. You're right. Dean says it. It doesn't happen. Oh, okay. Dean says it. I was like, I would remember that scene. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, why did I write that down? I really need to make better notes. That's what this comes down to. I, it's like, like, I, I don't know. It was just real funny. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it is. Was Dean re- says it to Sam. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that's when um, Dean goes, stripper suffocates due to thighs. And that's when Dean tries to eat a burger while Sam explains the case. Oh, and I... I wrote this down too you know how dean is like moving his hamburger around to find the perfect place to bite it 
Mm-hmm. I do that. I don't know why. I do as well. Like you have to find the, fr- the perfect first bite. So you spin it around until you find that one. I'm just looking at this. It's so funny. There's a apparently a Supernatural Quotes quiz. I like a good quiz. I posted a Dean quiz to our Twitter today. I didn't do as good as I thought I would have. But it just, it had, the, all I saw was, no, we do not work for the mandroid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh my goodness. I liked I liked the makeup in this episode. I thought Dr. Benton looked good. Very creepy, but good. He's what I would picture a man who pieced, which is also f- very interesting because you think about it, he's piecing himself together. Right. And especially for things like a heart and whatnot. Yeah, how would you do that? How would you like that was the big one or like a brain. How would you replace that yourself? It beats me. I have no idea. That was just one of my curiosities. Tallahassee, were you rolling in dirt? Okay, cool. I feel um, like the guy that got his chest cracked open <gasps> and his heart ripped out was not screaming enough. For I would have passed out. I would not. I would not have sat around and pe- like watch my own heart be pulled out of my chest. That part made me super like. Ugh. As soon as someone cracked my chest, like my breastbone, yeah, like no, I'm a goner. I'm just gonna pass out. I don't know this. I did like the plot twist with Bella, though, and I liked Rufus. Yeah, I always like a good Rufus. I just, I like that Rufus and Bobby are so different because Bobby, both of them are curmudgeons, but (laughs) Bobby still got like that fatherly hope and figure to the boys. Yeah. Whereas Rufus just doesn't care. Yep. Doesn't want to help, doesn't want anything to do with it. He He's just cool wants his Rufus doing Rufus things, drinking his whiskey. Yeah, he just wants his bottle of was it Johnny Walker Blue? Johnny Walker Blue, the good shit. Yup, it's a high high shelf item there. <laughs> Dean, where the fuck do you get that money? Exactly, I thought that too. Rufus is like, this is the only stuff I'll drink. I mean, once you got a high shelf, you don't go back. That's I mean, true. Once you get out of college, you don't really go back to Vlad. No. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I haven't had an American beer since I was in college. It was $8 a case. I, I was fascinated by the idea of this, and this obviously goes back to the Harkening story of what Sam will do to keep Dean alive. Right. I mean, at this point, he's willing to sacrifice his brother's like own sense of morality to keep himself alive, because here's a guy who has been alive and been able to cheat death by killing people for their organs, and Sam is willing at this point to have Dean do the same thing. And I'm sure at this point would try to like ration it with some kind of idea that this person's a bad person. Cause you, I don't think they're going to use monsters per se, but I think Sam would be able to rationalize killing a person for an organ for Dean to keep him alive by saying they're a bad guy, which then you lose Sam's sense of morality too. But do you even think it would have worked? Like even if they went along with this plan and that they were going to harvest organs and stuff, you still made a deal and this, Your this soul would show, go to hell. Like this goes to show you, you can get all the organs you want. That shit ain't gonna stop a hellhound from ripping you to pieces. Exactly. Like what? What would be the point? Sam just not thinking clearly. Like I get it. You want to do anything to save Dean? Well, and that's the other thing I didn't explain really with Doctor Benton is his sense of immortality. Because if he's just replacing his organs, he could get ripped to shreds. So at that point, why didn't Sam and Dean just basically draw and quarter him? instead of burying him alive or did he do some hoodoo voodoo black magic and then have to keep the organs for his immortality which wouldn't make sense too because if he can't die then he wouldn't need to replace his organs right yeah what why yeah, why did they have to bury him alive 
if he was just replacing things. So that that was kind of a little mm. like plot hole for me where I was just like, mm, I'm confused now because if it was just replacing organs and anything like that starts dying on its own out of natural causes, then Dean could get ripped to shreds by a hellhound and it wouldn't matter how many people they killed and how many organs he replaced. Right. Because it's going to happen. I also found it very interesting that Bella made a deal with the devil, well, made a deal with the Crossroads demon and her time is up a day before Dean's time is up. Or like a couple days before Dean's time's up. Yeah. Very close. Very close. And she was like a little girl when she did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would it look like? What, what do you think? Like 13 or something? I guess she'd be like as old as Sam then. Enough to know, enough to have suffered long enough to make that decision. Right. Oh yeah, her dad was a creep. Very creepy. Very horrible. Creepy. Ugh. I don't know if I would have made a, a deal for my soul, but. I might have done it for daddy. I don't know. I mean, something I guess bad might have happened to him. I guess it would depend on, like, she was willing to kill both her parents. So I don't know if her mom was just, like, knew it was happening and sat beside because, I mean. turned a blind eye. Because in that case, it would make sense that she went after both her parents. Right. I mean, it's still, it's still sad enough. I mean, I understand why Bella was doing that, but she was still kind of a horrible person. (laughs) I mean, in in the way that she handled every other situation leading up to now. Yeah. Well, maybe she figured I'm going to go anyway, so I do what I want. Do you think she was doing that because of that? Or do you think at one point because she was hunting all these things to sell to the highest bidder that she was hoping she'd come across an item somewhere that might be able to get her out of her deal? Oh, probably. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't you? Heck if yeah. There was, if you found out about these supernatural things and there was possibly something that could save you. Hell yeah. And then make a profit while you're at it? Yeah. Sure. She's got all of her apartments all across the country. Count me in. <laughs> She's got that Bella money. <laughs> she got that Bella money, honey. <laughs> oh dear. Oh boy. Oh, hey Mickey. <laughs> um when did you show up? He's just been around. <laughs> but yeah, that's so that's I don't know. I liked this episode because I liked I liked Benton. But other than Benton, I didn't really Yeah, it was a eh. eh. There was no like ramp up because our next episode's the, the finale. There is no real like ramp up to me to what's gonna happen. No, and I don't know, just felt kind of rushed by the end. Yeah. Which, I mean, happens. I mean, obviously, they weren't sure if they were going to... Right, this was a, a special season. Mm-hmm. It had its it had its issues. <laughs> issues. Issues. It sounded but like tissues. It had its own tissues. <laughs> Both original and borrowed. <laughs> Ew. Gross. <laughs> not... uh... We didn't say used, so I guess that's okay. Yes, preach. Did not say used. <laughs> preach. Uh, were you going to ask if I'm ready for some tiddly bits? I was. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, why don't you give me some? <laughs> Same brain. Same brain. Okay. Did you know? You probably did. Uh, the Time is on My Side is a song by the Rolling Stones. Was that a question? Because I did not yeah. know. I did. I, th- I said I posed it I, as a question. I, well, I wasn't sure. I wasn't if that was to me or if that was to the greater good. It was to anybody, I, but you're the only one that can answer me right now. So. You're accurate. Uh, I did not know. I do like classic rock, but I do not follow the Rolling Stones that much. I did not know that either. Uh, this is the first appearance of Rufus Turner, Bobby's former hunting partner. And this is the final appearance of Lauren Cohen as Bella Talbot. R.I.P. Bella. Oh, seriously. You might have been a bitch, but I liked you. I liked the banter. I liked her and Dean's yeah. banter. Me too. I and like the weird she... thing with Sam. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sam's dream. Sam's dream. Terrence Kelly, who plays the morgue doctor, played Daniel Elkins in season one episode Supernatural Dead Man's Blood. Hmm. Uh, after they capture the doctor, Dean says, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The brothers then go on to bury the doctor alive. In the movie Kill Bill, Bud says the same thing to the bride right before burying her alive. I did notice that. Dean with his little pop culture references. All over the place. For someone who was out hunting a lot, he knows a lot of pop culture stuff. Well, you think about it. He probably spends a lot of times in motel rooms and watching TV. And what do you have? Motel rooms and hotel rooms on TV? Movies on repeat. Or BustyAsianBeauty.com. Yeah, when he's not busting out the busty agent beauties. It is sex doll. <laughs> Sam tells Dean, fine, then whatever the magic pill is, I'll take it too. To which Dean replies, what is this, Sid and Nancy? He's referring to Sid Vicious, singer and bassist for the punk rock band, The Sex Pistols, and his drug-addled, destructive relationship with his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen. I used to have a giant Sid Vicious poster in my room. I feel like there were two types of girls out there. There were the Sid Vicious girls, and then there's the like Elvis like same kind of look but like one's the clean cut boy you kind of want to take home to mom and the other one's like who mom doesn't ever want you around that's true you sneak out to go see yes you're dating the Elvis kid but you're cheating on him with the Sid Vicious kid yep (laughs) that's how it worked I was watching Roseanne last night little side side note was sidebar the one episode where uh Becky and Mark break up and she goes out with uh the football player kid, Dean. What was his name? Was his name Dean? I think it was That might have been his name. And then at the end, they do the in memoriam because it's the only episode he's in. This <laughs> <laughs> later, she gets back with Mark. It was funny. When Dean finds out that the fingerprints on the first victim are all of a man who has been dead several years, he asks Sam, what are we dealing with, Walking Dead? He's making a reference not to the popular TV series as the series didn't debut until 2010, uh, more than two years after the episode even aired. With he, Lauren Cohen. Mm-hmm. And Daddy Winchester. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't in the beginning, later. Was he, he was way, way later. No, he comes, like, way later. Uh, Dean is, in fact, referencing the comic book source material of the same name, which has been in publication since October 2003. Jared Padalecki, Jensen Ackles, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan have all been fans of the comic since it first began. Coincidentally, Lauren Cohen has gone on to play a lead role of Maggie Green on The Walking Dead. Uh, since season two and as of the end of season five in early 2016 jeffrey dean morgan has played the role of the infamous villain negan a role he was thrilled to get as a fan of the comic oh i don't know why negan is the fucking worst <laughs> i i lied i lied the governor was also fucking bad but negan <sighs> negan I, I haven't watched an episode of the walking dead so i don't know i i haven't watched recently but i i definitely watched up through negan up through like introduction of Negan and all that stuff. And he sucks. He's awful. He's so like he's so bad because he's played so well, but he's such a horrible oh. character that you despise him. Yeah. So you hate him, but you hate him because he's so good at what he does. <laughs> I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much just like that. Uh, when Sam tells Dean that the first victim's body was covered in someone else's bloody fingerprints, Dean says, Okay, great. My man Dave Caruso will be stoked to hear it. He is referencing uh, to David Caruso, who is best known for his roles in the TV crime dramas NYPD Blue and CSI Miami. If you know anything about taking off your sunglasses, <laughs> you know about David Caruso. <laughs> Dramatically taking off Which, your sunglasses. Supernatural parodies. 
exactly do. That's the first thing that popped into my head when I when I read it. Uh, Bella made her 10-year deal in the UK, which would come due at midnight Greenwich Mean Time, which would have been 7 p.m. in Erie, PA, not midnight Eastern Standard Time or 5 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time the next day. So, a little inaccurate on your timey time. Or would it be wherever she is? That's a good call. Because... I mean, if she's not in England when it happens, wouldn't it be the time zone she's in? I mean, for continuity's sake, I guess. Because that's just like a lot to take. Because can you imagine if you're traveling all around and you kind of forget the time you made your deal with the devil and you're just like, today's the day, it's going to happen to good, and then you just die. And yeah. <laughs> You're like, I have 10 more hours. To- nope. Yep. Gone. <laughs> and then daylight savings hits and you're just like, especially oh, here. Shit. Do they account for that? Like, do you get an extra hour of life <laughs> if know. you spring forward? If you, like, fall yeah, back, if you fall I don't back, know. do you get an extra hour? What if it happens on that day? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Goodness. Leap year? Do you get an extra, like, four years if it's, like, February 29th? That one Where's little... Crowley? I got questions. That one little piece of information just sprang to that whole big thing right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we can make something out of nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The patient's story is almost identical to the urban legend, The Kidney Heist, where a young man meets a beautiful woman and she drugs his drink. He wakes the next morning to find himself in a bathtub full of ice and his kidneys surgically removed. Mm-hmm. Now my back feels weird. <laughs> there is an actual Doc Benton legend set in New Hampshire on which this episode is obviously based. Oh. And I wrote, see, Dr. Tom Benton gets story. And I didn't get the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> well, look it up. Go look up Dr. Tom Benton, New Hampshire, and find it for yourself. <laughs> oh, that's Hold on. Hold on. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Tom Benton, New Hampshire. This is what happens when I do them early and then I... <laughs> okay, I'm gonna fudge this up. Uh, he's known as Dartmouth's Demon Doctor. Whoa, Dartmouth's Demon Doctor. Uh, the Fall of Dr. Thomas Benton. It is also known as Dr. Ben- Doc Benton and the Haunting of Mount Musolauki. Whoa. All right, so here you go. Quick overview. Apparently each year, incoming freshmen at Dartmouth have to go to an outing at Mount Musolauk or Musolauki where they spend the night in a lodge and learn the strange tale of Dr. Benton. Dr. Thomas Benton was born in the early 1800s in a town near Hanover. He was the son of a prominent family. He was sent to the University of Heidelberg in Germany to attend medical school. And although he was an excellent student, he felt like an outsider among the Germans. I wonder why. So he became really close friends with an elderly professor. However, there was apparently something very strange about the professor and the other faculty members shunned him and students whispered about the blasphemous experimentations that he did. But he took young Thomas under his wing and the two spent many nights discussing medicine, science, and theology. Is that it? Um, And when the professor died, he left Thomas uh, some arcane books and a small locked chest, which he brought back to New Hampshire with him post-graduation. And he quickly became a respected doctor in New Hampshire and could heal any patient who came to him. And in 1816, he learned the limits of his medical skills when his beautiful fiance, the daughter of a wealthy landowner, came down with typhoid fever. He was able to cure her and she died in his arms. Aww. Aww. Apparently, he abandoned his home and medical practice, retreated to a ramble shack cabin on Mount Musilauk, and the only possessions he brought with him were the books and a small locked chest given to him by that professor. 
And apparently he'd been working on the secret to eternal life, which is what he left Thomas to work on. And although his fiance may have died, he was determined to defeat death itself. Then weird things began to occur around the mountain. Farm animals were found dead, corpses unmarked, uh, except for a single small wound on their left ear, behind their left ears. And then a body of a young man was stolen from an undertaker, I guess not buried yet, uh, only to be discovered on Mount Musilauki with a small wound behind his left ear. Ooh, this is fun. This whole thing has a little quiz. Okay, so it's time for a quiz. If you were an immortal madman, which of the following would you do? Throw kidnapped children into ravines, push hikers off cliffs, terrorize, drive insane, and then murder loggers, burn down hotels, frighten Darth Mouth students, or C or F, all of the above. Apparently he did all of the above. I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to push kids into a ravine, but... Apparently he committed tons of evil acts, which would take forever, but apparently he sometimes now appears to frighten freshmen... Um, and they might catch a glimpse of him, even if you don't go to Dartmouth, but you just climb Mount Musilauki and look for a man with long white hair and a black cape. Ah, he's hard to miss. Ah, Dr. Benson. I don't know if I want to go looking for him. So there you go. There's your story of Dr. Benson and New Hampshire. (laughs) Thank you for getting that for me. You're welcome. (laughs) Teamwork. Teamwork. And after all that, I only have two more tiddly bits. John Winchester fought Doc Benton in 1983 and cuts his heart out using a chainsaw. Uh, the story is told in the comic Supernatural Origins number four. A chainsaw. I feel like that. There, there are other ways to cut a man's heart out that are far less. Did you ever like, see the movie Dr. Giggles? Nope. Can't say I have. That, I think it's that one. Hold on. Uh, the guy's wife has a heart condition. So he goes and like takes people's hearts. Hmm. But then, well, of course, then he was put into a mental institution, but he escapes. And there's a girl with, like, a similar heart condition, and then he, like, tries to steal people's hearts for her. Oh. It's weird. It's one of those, like, bad horror movies. 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> well, then. It was made 1992. Classic like, horror movie time. Yeah, it's, like, one of those bad ones that, like, you have to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, last tiddly bit. The spoiler tiddly bit. Uh, in season five, episode nine, The Real Ghostbusters, fangirl Becky tells Sam that in the supernatural book written by Chuck, which tells the events of this episode, Bella gave the cult not to Lilith, but to her right-hand demon, impossible lover, Crowley. <gasps> Fergus. 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 I can't say his real name without using her voice. Uh, oh, you have, oh, you have to say it like Rowena says it. You can't just be like, Fergus. It doesn't sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is that's all I have. I ended with Fergus. Fergus. Classic Fergus. <laughs> Classic. Um, I'm kind of all over the place in my notes, but I wanted to focus on the doctor who reminded me of Frankenstein. Oh. So uh, I will cite my sources first. I used history.com, the New Yorker, bbva.openmind.com, Britannica, Britannica. <laughs> you tried to make it sound so much fancier. I know. <laughs> like Britannica. Britannica, <laughs> darling. Uh, Ohio State University, study.com, Time Magazine, Medical News Today, and biolife4d.com. All right, so to launch into it, uh, Frankenstein was created by Mary Wolfstonecroft Shelley at the time she was Goodwin at eighteen uh, at age eighteen in November of eighteen sixteen. Uh, it came during inclement weather in the Swiss Alps when she was there with her husband Percy Shelley, who was an English romantic poet. 
They were at Lake Geneva in Switzerland while brainstorming, pun intended, (laughs) um, an idea for a story along with John Polidori, who was an English writer and physician, and Lord Byron, an English poet and politician, and his lover Claire Claremont, uh, who was also a writer in the Yes, in 1816. So Frankenstein, with subtitle, or the modern Prometheus, was based on the Greek scientist who teaches science and medicine, who also steals fire from Zeus and creates a human out of clay. According to mythology, he was punished by Zeus for doing this um, by having an eagle come and eat his liver from his body every day for eternity. Wow. But he never dies. He just deals with it and then wakes, like passes out, wakes up, does it all over again. Got a new liver. Um, So there is potential inspiration from their daily life for Dr. Frankenstein, uh, which came potentially from Percy's friend, uh, Dr. James Lind, MD, from 1716 to 1794. He was a Scottish doctor born in Edinburgh who developed the theory uh, that citrus fruits fruits uh, cured scurvy. So he's the guy that came up with that using lemons. His study where he taught and also held meetings, uh, contained an electrical machine, a solar microscope, galvanic trough, and an air pump, which most people weren't used to seeing, so kind of looked mad scientist-y at the time. And he befriended Percy Shelley at Eton College from 1809 to 1810. They became very, very good friends. Uh, Dr. Lind was also very good friends with the Italian physicist, Tiberio Cavallo. And they would write letters to each other. And a lot of them dealt with uh, the success of muscular motion and animal electricity that Lind had. Uh, The other potential inspiration for Frankenstein comes from the idea of the Lazarus effect or the Lazarus phenomenon or Lazarus syndrome, which is a delayed return of spontaneous circulation or ROSC after CPR has ceased. Uh, It came from the name for Lazarus of Bethany, who was brought back to life by Jesus four days after after Lazarus's death from the New Testament. Um, As of right now, because it's not well documented, there are only about 38 cases of the Lazarus effect, um, but they believe that it's higher than that. Wow. So uh, Mary Shelley didn't have a very easy life and neither really did Percy, but she would go on to have five children. However, only one of them lived to adulthood. Oh man. After the death of her first baby, she wrote in her journal, um, in this journal entry is from 1815, uh, She had a dream that my little baby came to life again, that it had only been cold and that we rubbed it by the fire and it lived. I wake and found no baby. That's so sad. Um, And actually, it turns out that she was pregnant while she was writing Frankenstein. So she was probably having this duality of death and life at that time. Yeah. Um, So most people attribute Frankenstein to the monster, but the monster in the story actually is never given a name. He's called a fiend or a daemon, demon. Um, the Frankenstein is actually Dr. Victor Frankenstein, who's the one who created the monster, and he was a Swiss student of natural science with intentions of restoring health and prolonging life. And the creature itself was a pieced together set of body parts, and they were reanimated using laws of electricity and galvanism. And if you don't know what galvanism is, it comes from Luigi Galvani and his experiments uh, to use electricity to make frogs' legs move after the frog is dead. Oh, A description of the character, which kind of fits Dr. Benton, uh, was that the creature had watery eyes, pale yellow skin, shriveled complexion, and a strong black lip. The story itself was published in 1818 in three separate parts. It was republished in 1822 as a second edition in only two parts, and that was after it was adopted into a play, which was pretty successful. And then in 1831, the first one volume, heavily edited and rewritten, 
to be much less violent and less sensational was published. And it was rewritten by Mary Shelley under the direction that it should be much less violent. Well, pish posh. It is attributed as being the first science fiction novel. It is also considered a tragic romance and a gothic horror story. It also was very unsettling because it hinted at the idea of playing God, which people weren't very comfortable with. And uh, where I kind of divide from Frankenstein, because that's kind of where this episode was the closest to Frankenstein. I also wanted to touch on a couple other things. So the idea of aging actually comes to the definition of aging, which is small incremental amounts of damage that speed that spreads to the cells, then to the tissues, and then to the organs. But in 1800, the life expectancy of humans was only about 40 years. But now the life expectancy of humans is roughly an average of 80 years. So obviously we're already prolonging life based on healthcare and people taking care of themselves because they realize that the aging comes from the cells, the tissues, and the organs, which you have to start really taking care of. And they actually noticed um, one of the things being teeth. Uh, teeth in older humans have a tendency to degenerate when they're not taken care of, but they're noticing teeth lasting longer, looking better because people are taking care of them. So there are ways to prolong life, such as organ donors, because one of the problems is once the cells break down to the tissues breaking down to the organs breaking down, that causes the organism to break down. So if you replace the organ that is breaking down already, then you can prolong life that way. So organ donors, people replacing any organs that aren't working, uh, help. There's also now organ printing. What? It is a technique utilizing a technique similar to 3D printing, but uses a biocompatible plastic and the plastic is then seeded with human cells from the patient's organ that is being printed for. And once the organ is printed, it's moved to an incubation chamber to give the cells time to grow before being placed in the host. Really? Uh, yes. So they are now printing organs. Now, that comes from the idea of bioprinting, which uses a digital file as a blueprint to print an object layer by layer using cells and biomaterials. So it'll have a biomaterial base. So you'll have like a biomaterial, like bioplastic heart. And it'll build layers and layers on top of that. So at least it has a form to go with. This is blowing my mind right now. Now, in 1999, the first lab-grown implanted organ, which was bladders, um, was successfully done. However, it wasn't reported until 2006. So it's mainly 2006 that gets the credit for it. And in 2009, the first blood cells were 3D printed. That's insane to me that we can 3D print organs and shit now. Like, that's crazy. Dr. Benton wasn't too far off. However, uh, this goes to show you, you don't need to kill people. Yeah. You just need a really good bio, bio 3D printer in order to do it. However, it reminded me a lot when I started hearing a bunch of that stuff of a movie that I used to watch that I really, really liked called Repo the Genetic Opera, which is a slightly lesser known kind of operetta. I was going to say, I don't know what that is. Um, however, it stars Alexis Penavega, who is like in Shark Boy and Love Girl. Okay. Um, Paul Servino uh, and Anthony Head, Anthony Stewart Head, who played Giles and Buffy. Okay. He plays the dad. Uh, it also has Paris Hilton. Yeah. And it was the first movie to have Sarah Brightman actually play herself and not just lend her voice. But the idea is that this company has organs that they sell to people. And if people can't pay for those organs, then they send a repo man to take it back. Oh, but it comes from the idea of people wanting to prolong their life and change how they look. So like Paris Hilton's character is really obsessed with the drug they use for the surgeries. Okay. Um, whereas Pavi, I think it's Pavi, who is the singer from Skinny Puppy, he's obsessed with changing his face 
so he keeps changing out his face. But it, it reminded me of that when this episode came out, because here's a character who's prolonging his life by taking organs from other people, and that's what the Repo Men do, which is they just take organs. Yeah. And what ends up happening is you have a world uh, of drug addiction and legalized murder, essentially. Good times. <laughs> and a company providing transplant transplants at a great price. But if you miss your payment, then they send their mercenaries to repossess your organ. That would not be a good day. Nope. No, it is not. You do not want to see the repo man. <laughs> You're like, no. But that's all I had on. I didn't want to like drown in a bunch of scientific stuff, but I did want to touch on like the 3D printing, the fact that organ donors are already starting to do this. We've already started to kind of do this more on a legal standard than Dr. Benton's <laughs> way. Um, and the fact that he was kind of very Frankenstein-y. The 3D printing thing blows my mind. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like I thought that shit just happened on like Grey's Anatomy or whatever. Like, nope. Never nope. It's real. So crazy and it's awesome like it's so cool that we can do things like that now um and the other thing that they're doing besides 3d printing is obviously stem cell research yeah and i didn't want to get too hard into that because it would just be a black hole of information (laughs) we'd never make it out no (laughs) so anything else about this episode that we want to no not that no second to last episode of the season oh my god we're coming down to it all right and this brings us to next episode, which will be season three, episode 16, No Rest for the Wicked. Oh my goodness. The season, the season finale. Oh, season finale. It's so, oh, I watched it yesterday and it still makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Sad for like four months. Yeah. We're not talking hell years. We're just talking. Earth We're talking months. our years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I will ha- next week have my end of season uh, wrap up of all the fun things, you know, <gasps> Ooh, like so all exciting. the things Dean eats and plaid shirt count. And Ooh, that's good because he's, he gives no fucks this season. Yeah. All the things distance travel. And I think that's a new one. I don't think I've done that one before. Oh, no, but that one sounds new. Glad <laughs> to hear about that. <laughs> well, I'm excited to tell you about it whoop, whoop. Uh, next time. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Obviously, keep doing what you're doing because you guys rock. So hard. Obviously, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Shout out to us. DM us. Do whatever you need to do. We will answer you. Email us. All the fun stuff. All the things. All the small things. (laughs) These are big things. They are are big things. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Balls, a supernatural podcast with Lizzie and Missy. If you want more, follow on Twitter and Instagram at SBNBallsPod or email SBNBallsPod at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and follow Balls on your favorite streaming service.